0: You're not going to be there. And this not because there's some sort of theological exam required for entering heaven, but rather because to believe that being a good person is what gets you into heaven is to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's word says, you have been severed, cut off, You who would be justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. What does it mean to be justified? Very simply, it means to be right in God's eyes. Are you right in God's eyes because you have done the good works of God's good law and are thus a good person? Or, Are you right in God's eyes because of Jesus? Because of his perfect righteousness and that credited freely to you because of his sin atoning death on the cross made once and for all and for you. You see, there's no middle ground between the two. Heaven is either earned by you being a good person or heaven is given freely, by grace, through Jesus Christ. If you think it must be earned, then you reject that it is a gift. If you believe that it is a gift, then you reject that it is earned. So once more, if you believe that being a good person is what makes you right in God's eyes, If you believe that being a good person is what gets you into heaven, then you are neither right in God's eyes, nor are you going to heaven. Jesus astonished and scandalized people with this teaching, and with its corollary, where he went to people who are not good people, and he welcomed them, he ate with them. He forgave them. And he taught them that because of him and because of what he had come to do, they were already right in God's eyes. Heaven was wide open to them. In short, Jesus showed them mercy. Now, if you believe that you are right in God's eyes because you are a good person, if you believe that you get into heaven because you are a good person, then whether you realize it or not, you hate Jesus. Because Jesus undermines all of this. One such person who hated Jesus was that lawyer we read about in Luke's Gospel. And by lawyer, we don't mean the kind of lawyer that's around today. By lawyer, we mean an expert in the law of God, a professional theologian. How did he see Jesus? Well, Jesus was one who is going around to people who are not good people and telling them they're forgiven, God's pleased with them, they're entering heaven. Who on earth would say that? He saw Jesus as arrogant, blasphemous, and unjust. And there were many people like this lawyer. So Luke tells us that this lawyer rose and stood in order to put Jesus to the test. He was hostile toward Jesus. In fact, in the Greek, that word put Jesus to the test is the same word for when Satan puts Jesus to the test. When Satan is tempting Jesus to say and do the wrong thing. So, this expert in the law, his question, it isn't an innocent question at all. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, we Lutherans jump all over him because, of course, you can't do anything to inherit eternal life. It's like asking, what could I do to become uh, the, the heir of Bill Gates and inherit all his money? Well, you can't do anything. You have to be born into his family and then hope he writes you into the will. But it just may be the case that this lawyer has formulated his question in precisely this way in order to trap Jesus. What must I do to inherit the kingdom? You see, if Jesus answers, well, nothing, then he's going to state the law and make it seem as if Jesus is contradicting God's word. If Jesus says, well, there is something, then he's going to say, aha, I knew it. I knew we had to earn our way into heaven and earn our way into being right in God's eyes. So he thinks he has Jesus. Either Jesus is going to contradict himself or contradict God's word. Jesus, no doubt aware of all of this, very astutely asks a question of his own. What does it say in the law? How do you read it? And the man responds by quoting partially from Deuteronomy 6 and partially from Leviticus 19 that we just heard. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. This do and you will live. So here's the question. What must I do in order to inherit eternal life? The answer? love God perfectly, love your neighbor perfectly. Jesus says, yeah, do that, no problem, right? Do that and you shall live. (laughs) Jesus has just turned the tables on the expert in the law, hasn't he? The first problem with thinking that in order to get into heaven you have to be a good person is that by God's definition, there are no good persons. No one has loved God the way he should. No one has loved neighbor as himself. And that's precisely Jesus' point. A point that is not lost on the expert in the law. So he attempts to narrow the field. Maybe if I can limit who it is that is my neighbor, then I can earn rightness in the sight of God. The Jews at that time thought that the law only required to them to love those who were worthy of love. But who are we kidding? It wasn't just the Jews that think that. We think that as well. In fact, it's often stated as the peak and epitome of mental health that you love those who love you. Selective love. Or so frequently in our lives it works like this. A clique is formed there are insiders and there are outsiders, there are neighbors and there are less than neighbors. There are those whom we owe love and those, well, not so much. Which is why a clique in the church is anti-church and anti-Christ. Selective love We're all guilty of it. We all need to hear the story that Jesus tells this expert in the law, and we all need to hear the question that Jesus asks this expert in the law. So Jesus says a man was traveling down from Jericho, or from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. He was beaten. The text says he was continually beaten, He was stripped naked. He was left for dead. Along comes a priest. The priest sees him and keeps going. Along comes a Levite. The Levite sees him and keeps going. Next, an unlikely and hated fellow, a Samaritan comes by. Where one would expect him to keep going, instead he sees the man and has compassion. He goes over to the man and he bandages up his wounds. And he cleanses them with wine and oil and he puts the man on his own beast and leads the man to an inn. And there that night he takes care of the man himself. Then he gives two denarii to the innkeeper, enough that that man could stay in that inn for about two months. And he says to the innkeeper, you take care of him. And if there's anything more that needs to be repaid, I will pay it upon my return. Now here's where everything changes. Jesus asks the man this question. Who do you suppose was a neighbor to the man who fell amongst the robbers? Now the lawyer answers correctly. He says, the one who showed him mercy. But notice what Jesus has done. By asking who was a neighbor to the one who fell amongst the robbers, he's putting that expert in the law and he's putting you and I in the place of that beaten man. Imagine yourself there, laying by the side of the road, dying, waiting to die, your body shutting down, unable to save yourself, in excruciating pain. One eye is swollen shut, the other eye is swollen so much you can't but see through a slit. Along comes a priest. All praise be to God. If anyone will save me, it will be him but he passes by. You're not a neighbor to him. You're not worthy of his love. Selective love. How does it feel? And so, too, a Levite passes by. And out of your eye you say, Oh, God be praised. That priest must have had a mental defect. Here's a Levite. Surely now I am saved. And he, too, passes you by. You're not a neighbor. You're not worthy of his love. How does it feel? Laying there just as you're about to give up hope, who passes by but, oh, not that. Anyone but him. A Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans. He's going to walk on. I hope he burns. But when that Samaritan looks upon him, he has compassion, and he comes to him, and you know the rest. What has Jesus just done? Who is it that this expert in the law hates? Who is it that this expert in the law sees as an enemy? It's Jesus. And in this story, Jesus is showing him as plain as day, the one who you hate, me. I am the one who has compassion on you. The one who you despise and reject, me. I am the one who has come to save you and heal you and make you whole. We are all like that man laying at the side of the road, dead in our trespasses and sins, waiting to die and die eternally. Useless and helpless. Unable to help ourselves. And along comes the law. The priest and the Levite. And the law can't help us. For we have not loved God and have not loved our neighbor as we should. Only one comes to have compassion. And that one is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The good Samaritan. And he takes us. And having compassion upon us, he bandages up our wounds and he binds up our broken hearts. He cleanses us with word and sacrament. He carries us himself to the inn, to the church. And he pays everything that it will take to heal us and restore us. He purchases us, not with gold or silver, not with two denarii or ten thousand denarii. He purchases us with his own precious and holy blood, the very blood of God. By his wounds, we are healed. By his death, we are given life. By Christ and Christ alone shall we be restored. What then of the law? If being a good person is what gets you to heaven, if obeying the law is what gets you to heaven, then Jesus doesn't. But Jesus is the one who gets you to heaven, and the law doesn't. So if the law fails to get you to heaven, if the law fails to make you right in God's sight, what then with the law? Should we throw it away? Should we abolish it? By no means, St. Paul writes. It is thereby established. It is thereby established. And that is precisely what Jesus does when he says to the man, you go and do likewise. Does the man need to go and show mercy so that he can be a good person and get into heaven? By no means. It's Christ Jesus alone who gets him into heaven. Why then does he need to go and show mercy? We show mercy because Jesus has shown mercy to us. We love because he has first loved us. Jesus and Jesus alone makes us right in the eyes of God. Jesus and Jesus alone opens heaven to us. And so while we are here on earth, Let us be merciful to others as he has been merciful to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.